Welcome to the Young Professionals Shorts, or as you may hear us call it, YP Shorts, where we explore the journeys of successful young professionals from a range of industries. In this special series, we bring you an in-depth interview with our guests who have achieved remarkable success in their career. To make the most of the insights and experiences that our guest has to offer, we've decided to break these interviews down into a short series of episodes. Each episode will focus on a different aspect of their story, giving you a chance to absorb all the information and truly understand what it takes to thrive as a young professional in Lancaster County. We highly recommend listening to these episodes in chronological order as they build on each other to give you a comprehensive view of our guest journey. From their early experiences to their most recent successes, you'll gain valuable knowledge and practical tips that can help you take your own career to the next level. So whether you're a young professional just starting out or a seasoned veteran looking to stay ahead of the curve, this series of the YP Shorts is for you. Tune in, listen, and learn from the inspiring stories of our guests, one episode at a time. Let's dive in. So I want to hear a little bit about your vision for your brand, Kiathi, and the Culture Workshop. Like, What is your vision? You talked a little bit about organic farming. Next five or 10 years for you, what's ahead? Okay, so to be honest with you, Ashley, I have learned not to really think five years ahead. Because after what happened to me last year with my name change of my brand, I take it year by year. But if I would have... If you are cautiously (laughs) optimistic, (laughs) and we'll get to, we'll explore some of the challenges that you face here in a moment. But if you were cautiously optimistic about the future. (laughs) I would love to see Kathy grow. I would love to see the brand grow to be in more places than just Lancaster. Lancaster is home and it's a beautiful place, but I do think Kathy is a brand that could be more international. So I would love to see it in different cities. I would also love to work with more artisans around the world. I have become more with this new name change and it's my middle name to actually draw out more designs that I love and incorporate the handicraft part of it. And I'd love to do more of that and be more designer in that sense. And I think like the brand is morphing from when it first started as Lush Bazaar to like an everyday wear brand to more high end brand. And I love that because that means more people are going to understand and respect the brand to like invest in pieces. So that's what I would love to do. And I, yeah, I think organic farming is in my future. I don't know. I love it too much. I think I'd be a great farmer. I mean, I can get my hands dirty a little bit. When I got stuck in COVID, I was helping out at the farm, you know, so I would love to see that. And I think that will bring me back really to my roots in a way. Okay, so let's talk about the name change. So you were formerly known as Lush Bazaar. Tell us a little bit about what happened and then why you chose Kiathi, your middle name, as the name of your brand moving forward. Yeah, so a year ago was when we rolled out the new name. So January 7th of 2021, I got an email that looked like spam and it said, we are going to take your website off of the service I was using because of a trademark issue. And I was like, this is just phony because they were like, they didn't even give an email. They didn't give like anything. They're just like, we're taking it off. So I remember going out to my staff then. I'm like, I got this weird email. And but this is like the weirdest spam. And they just looked at me and they're like, yeah, that's definitely fake. Don't worry about it. So I just put it in like the back of my head. I'm like, okay. And then three days later, we're doing a sale online. And then I'm like, this is really weird. We don't have any online sales. 
And so I go on the website and there's no website. It just says site cannot be reached. And so I'm like, what is going on? And of course, my head goes back to that email. I'm like, did I get hacked? Like, I don't know what happened. So I called the service and I said, hey, like my website's not working. What's going on? And they put me on hold. They took me through customer service 45 minutes later. And then finally, the guy's like, actually, I need to transfer you to someone else. So they transfer you to someone else. And this person was in their law department or legal service department. And they're like, sorry, but your name is a trademark infringement. And so you have to call this lawyer and there's nothing we can do. Good luck. And like hung up on me. And I was like, okay. So I very helpful. Thank you for the information. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, of course, I'm like, call a lawyer. So I get this lawyer's number in California. I call her up and me thinking it was just a big misunderstanding. I'm like, hi, I'm Timbrell from Lush Bazaar. They told me to call you this service. I don't know what's wrong, but I'm Lush Bazaar. I don't know why there's a trademark infringement. She's like, well, you obviously need to get counsel because you don't know how this works, but you are infringing because the word Lush is trademarked, so you cannot use it. And I'm like, but I'm Lush Bazaar. Like, it's two words. It's not one. She didn't really want any of this conversation. She was just basically like, call me when you get legal counsel and just hung up. So panic mode, I had to call legal counsel, finally found someone who would represent me who could work in California. Basically, they trademarked the word Lush. And so anyone that uses the word Lush, they could go against and shut down their business. And that's what they tried to do with me. That's wild. Yeah. I still, I know the story. I was there when we sat down and you were saying, hey, this is happening to me when it was happening. And I still cannot believe it. I don't know where they found us. Well, I think we did some research and like one of our TikToks went viral and that's how it came up because everyone was like hashtagging Lush. Guys, by the way, hashtags are really important. So make sure you have a hashtag for your business and like make it your own because that was a big thing. They found us the end of the year and they decided to just go and start this legal battle. They had millions of dollars to work with. I had zero dollars to work with, basically. I did not have a legal fund (laughs) when you start your business. But yeah, we figured it out. I decided after a lot of back and forth with the lawyer, he actually does these analysis, which I had to pay for. But it was to keep us safe in the future of like, hey, what about this word? or What about that word? Every time I would do it, it would be like, well, this is at high risk because someone has this trademark or this is at high risk. So finally, I was like, what about my middle name? And I was really fighting that, Ashley. Like, I just did not want it to be my middle name because then it would be more about me. We did a vote on in our team and everyone was like, do your name, like do it. And I was like, OK, so I researched my middle name and it's a Sanskrit word that my parents named me. And it means divine light and consciousness. And my parents actually did not know the divine light part. They just knew that they named me that because it was the word famous. Like my dad read it was like, my girl's going to be famous. But there's more to that word. And so when I read that, I was like, okay, like that's what our brand is. Like I had the lantern as our logo even before I knew because I wanted it to be about spreading light and consciousness, like conscious living, conscious buying. So that's when I was like, okay, I was meant to have this as my brand name. And so that's why I chose my middle name. And I think now it has become more of me. It was me fighting it because I wanted it to just be this brand that like you say, oh, that's Lush Bazaar, you know. But now it's like, oh, Kathy, like the designer, like she designs it. And it's like really about her being conscious of how she designs it. So, yeah, kind of came together. I think it's lovely. I love the name change. So thinking about barriers here, I know that 
in the episode with the Illum team that I referenced earlier. And this has come up throughout the podcast in past interviews as some themes here as well. But as a woman of color and a first generation entrepreneur, what are some barriers that you overcame in launching your business? I feel like as a BIPOC entrepreneur, definitely challenges that you face, but then also being a woman. Yeah. So I've thought about that question a lot. And I think as women going into entrepreneurship, it's hard. Like the playing field is not fair and it's not equal. You know, like that's the honest truth. And a lot of people might say, well, it's getting better. It is getting better, but it's still not a fair playing field. So you add being a woman in entrepreneurship and then you add being BIPOC. And that just makes the playing field even harder and still even more unfair. I think the one moment, if you didn't feel it, but you definitely would have felt it, is during COVID when the PPP loans were going out. The amount of women and BIPOCs that received the loans compared to other people, there is a big difference. And so we can say, oh, we're so strong, like we can handle it. You know, that's what we do. We're hustle culture, you know. That's great. And I respect all the people that say that. But like, really, we just want a fair playing field. Do we need to be hustling? Yeah. Do we need to be? Because it does take a lot away from you when you're hustling and the person beside you is just walking right through. Yeah, we can be proud of ourselves because, you know, we feel like the warrior. We feel like we're really fighting for it. But if the person on the other side is doing the same thing and it's not as hard, their life is so much easier. And that's where it's like for me now I'm realizing it. Like, where is the equal playing field? And when are we going to talk about that? Because that's probably going to bring up a lot more that we have to overcome. But if we start having those conversations, at least I know that the next generation can have that fair playing field. It should be fair for women, for BIPOCs. We should be able to have a fair playing field. Yeah. An equitable experience in starting a business. If we want to encourage people to engage in the innovation and the ideation that comes with entrepreneurship, then it has to be equitable. I love that I'm a BIPOC woman entrepreneur. I love that. I'm so proud of that. But there are times where I'm like, this is so much harder than the person I see that is not, you know, and they're going through it and they're doing all these things and they're getting all the help and the loans and the support from the community because they've been there for years and their family. And, you know, I'm in there just like, this is not fair. So I think we need to have those conversations about where do we get to the equality of for all. And we need to get it to be fair because I don't think it's going to be unless we start talking about it. And let's say like, yes, we are strong and we are resilient and we've overcome so many things, but do we still want to keep doing that? Don't we just want to just be able to do it like everyone else around us and just be okay and at peace with that? Yes. Yes, yes we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> So resilience, what keeps you going? My family and my mission. I love that I have something that I can work towards. And I, as the first daughter of an immigrant child, to see how my siblings are able to take from me and learn and have it better. And I love that. I love that. That definitely keeps me going. I think I'm a very proud big sister when I see them do something because I'm like, I got you, girl. Yeah, go do that. You know, or now my brother's pursuing his passion in a completely different way. And he told me, he's like, if it wasn't for you doing it, I probably would not have been able to do what I want to do. So I love that. And I hope others can feel that way. 
Talk about hype, like hyping up your family right now. <laughs> I love that. They're great. They are great. <laughs> you know, acknowledging that we don't want the world to work this way, but that it does and that there are people who are working to change the way it works. But we still need to dig in deep and find that resilience in order to push forward and make those changes happen and pursue our dreams. What strategies for building resilience would you recommend to young professionals listening to the podcast? You know, you're not always going to win everything. So when there are moments when you cannot win a battle or it's just might be too much for you at that moment, do not be afraid to walk away and come back with a different mindset. You know, sometimes it's good to walk away, take some time to look at it again and then go back. Not saying that you have to walk away completely, just walk away for a little bit of clarity of how to go forward. And there are going to be times too where you're not going to get what you set out to get. But I do think that even if it's not what you wanted, you're probably going towards something that's meant for you. So do not be scared of something different. I think from where I started to now, there's been so many ups and downs and closed doors and shattered windows to get back in. And I probably could have walked away many times and I just took it as, okay, we're going to go back and we're going to try this again. You know, when I got stuck in India, I got stuck in India for eight months and I basically had to close down my business when I came back because, you know, there was the rules with COVID, only one person in a certain amount of space. And the space I had was tiny. Like it could basically be one person and another person shopping. How are you going to make money off of that? But closing that and then going forward to the next space and being like, okay, like, so that closed door meant there was another door. I just had to be okay with walking through that door. And sometimes when you're walking through that door, you're in a hallway and you don't know which door to go next. You just have to go down that hallway and you will walk to the door that was meant for you. Do not be afraid of the hallway. You know, the hallway is lonely and it's long and sometimes it's dark, but don't be afraid of it because the next door is probably something way bigger than you imagine. So that's kind of what gets me through. I've been through many hallways and some of them are really dark and the next door was always better than the last. And so I'm a big believer to just keep pushing forward. You're so good with the metaphors. <laughs> Thank you. You're so good. I, you know, I got that from my dad. <laughs> Friends, thank you for joining us on this podcast journey. You can find out more about upcoming Young Professionals Network programs by following us on Instagram at YPN underscore blank chamber. Subscribe to What's on Tap Lancaster on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or your preferred podcast listening platform to stay up to date on our episode releases. Like what you hear? Leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. We are grateful to Millersville University's Titus Irvin and Blake Harvey for scoring the show. What's on Tap Lancaster is hosted by the Lancaster Chamber's Young Professionals Network, written by me, Ashley Glenzer, produced and edited by Chris Zarnock, owner of KM Zen Creative, and recorded by Triforce Pro Audio Solutions. Stay inspired, Lancaster. Mm-hmm.